Hello and welcome to Brain Trust Live number 447. This week on the podcast, when Twitter finally shutters, where are we going to find all of the unsubstantiated rumors that will make up most of this episode? Plus, if the Georgia runoff has been a scientific experiment in whether one can truly unsubscribe from all of Warnock's lists, we now have the results. And if we learned anything about Donald Trump this week, it's that he absolutely, unequivocally does indeed know who Nick Fuentes is. Plus, what if, and here's out, folks, Joe Biden actually just canceled student loans. And reminder as we run into the 2024 presidential season, anyone who has had to deny that they are running for president is most assuredly going to be running for president. We'll have all this and more. This is Brain Trust Live. Hey, y'all, I'm Brent. I'm Lila, and you can find us on the web at www.braintrustlive.com. <sighs> I just noticed that you're wearing a snowman sweatshirt. Brent is here already yeah. post-Thanksgiving, ready and themed uh, yeah, gear. It's, it's my Carly Slade Jepsen sweatshirt. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it at the concert that you went to where every single person I know was at a Carly Rae Jepsen concert? No, I didn't, but I wore night? it to it. Oh, obviously. Yeah, makes good sense. <laughs> yeah, and have worn it other times since then. I had no and idea. And continue to wear it throughout this holiday season. I had no idea that everyone that I knew was a Carly Rae Jepsen fan, but there was just one night where there was a Carly Rae Jepsen concert. Of course, news to me. And yeah. I only found out about it because I knew Brent was going. And my entire social media feed was just people at this Char- Carly Rae Jepsen con- I had yeah. No one's ever spoken to me about Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> this has never come up once. And yet, people have merch. People oh, yeah. were all at the concert. People from walks of li- very different walks of life mm-hmm. came together. She's for everyone. For one night <laughs> to see Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh-huh. We'll do it again, too. I mean, I believe that. <laughs> I, I believe it now. <laughs> In any case, this is pretty exciting because normally we come to you once every three weeks with random news from just that week, <laughs> nothing else. But we actually did record last week, so we can give you an update on the news that you already knew. Right, I know, because also it was a holiday week, so nothing happened. Right, exactly. So it's like we don't have, although we're going to take a deep dive into the, the Yee and Trump and Nick Fuentes uh, meeting in a little bit. So for get excited thing, for that. For one thing, it's the only thing that happened, and for another, because... It's very gossipy. It's, it's what we do. It's, it's who we are. It's who we are. Um... Almost every house race is called. It's looking like the house is going to be 213 to 222. That's what it is now, I think, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. I think they're basically going to have the same unwieldy majority that (laughs) Nancy Pelosi currently has. So basically, so there are two GOP races that are still awaiting final calls. They are essentially GOP races, though. We're talking about California 13, which is a Central Valley seat. That is a leaning Republican. And then the other is Lauren Boebert's seat. And that's likely to go to her. Although, good on all of us for giving her a run for her money. Truly. No one even really saw that coming. Better on all of us if she had lost her money in that run, but we just, we do the best that we can and we just try, we wake up to try another day. Um, So they're going to have a very slim majority. They're going to basically need to get all but four of their caucus on board to do anything. They might have a floor fight for the speakership. Yes, they might have a floor (laughs) fight for the speakership. They are going to be basically operating on like a margin that requires them to get four. Of the following people, I mean, not four of the following people, at least, uh, what, two of the following people on board for every single vote. Every single vote will require two of these people. Paul Gosar. Uh-huh. I mean, right. he's, that's a lunatic. Matt uh, Gates. Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, mm-hmm. Lauren Boebert, Scott Perry, and Jim Jordan has to be involved right. in everything. And these were just... He's their most reliable vote in that list. <laughs> Before we started this podcast, I said, what if we do a thought experiment and try and come up with a list of people who are going to have to fall in line and that was not a hard thought experiment. No. <laughs> the big problem that we had was remembering Paul Gosar's uh, first name because we just remembered him as the guy who tried in, to get AOC killed. Who tried to get AOC and that's killed. exactly how I Googled it. Exactly. Right. Well, that's 
That's what he's saying. Hopefully I didn't word it in a way that is going to have the the feds after me. If you're living in a world where Scott Perry and Jim Jordan are the two most reliable people on a list of people that you have to appeal to, then you're not living in a great world. I know. We had a debate about whether Jim Jordan is a person who, like, will fall in line or likes to play by the rules or not. And like, and that's the kind of situation that you're in with this list. Is Jim Jordan too much of a rule follower to be on this list? Jury's still out. Yeah, exactly. But let this be a reminder to all of us that if New York State could get its shit together... Um, this majority could swing in the next race easily. Yeah. And that's not a great starting point. Another thing that I feel like happens is every time there's a redistricting, we have about five years of everyone being like, the House is so gerrymandered that Democrats will never win again. Because reliably, yeah. Democrats cast more votes than Republicans in every single election, every time. So like, don't even worry about the fact that like, there are going to be more Democrats voting in every election. And you just have to live with the knowledge that that's like... <laughs> But there are never going to there. There are times where it's impossible to get more Democrats elected with those more votes, uh, sure. and usually redistricting is that time. And so you know, I remember like when the redistricting um, happened. You know, before this redistricting, when the the ten years before that happened, yeah. we spent like five years being like, oh, we'll Democrats never, will we'll never, never win. Get the house and back. then there was like a weird five year period where it was like. Democrats can only win the House. It's the, you have, there's no way Republicans can win the House. And now we're sort of like back at the beginning again. And so the best shot Republicans have for winning anything right is right after redistricting. Yeah. And if they're doing this poorly the year of redistricting, when things are the most chaotic and they have the most opportunity to cause mayhem in races, then they are not looking towards a really wonderful 10 years for themselves. <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah. Um, in any case... There's a lot of internet rumors also that are totally unsubstantiated and we cannot find any legitimate media to report on. So that's why a podcast exists, is to report on those exact kind of rumors. Because people are starting to talk about the fact that Katie Porter is like most likely... It's an open secret that she's running for something. Right. That's according to the, the, to the Twitter community. To Twitter. Right. Now, who knows who's Potentially in the Potentially just community. one tweet, I think, I, actually. I saw a second tweet <laughs> that alluded to this as well, but I don't think either of those were real people. Sure. But that's okay. We're not real people, I, I and mean, we're, we're reporting it now, yeah. so now it's three people. Four people. <laughs> so that's basically everyone in California. So here's the thing that I feel like this teaches all of us. We can make this a reality by, room, by gossiping about it. You yeah. can make anything political happen if you gossip about it hard enough. That's what you have the power to do as a constituent. So if you hear someone pass along an unsubstantiated rumor that Katie Porter is running for Senate and you're like, where's that from? And they're like, I don't know. Just <laughs> spread it anyway. Uh, Who agree. cares? Yeah. I would love a Katie Porter, Adam Schiff Senate primary in California. I mean, what a delight. What a delight that would be. Yeah. And we already know that Adam Schiff is gearing up for it, but we also know that Adam Schiff seems to be positioning himself to be appointed to be our senator should Dianne Feinstein... Right. Um, have to give up her duty. Right. So the idea that Katie Porter could be our next senator is all the more reason for Diane Feinstein to just hold on. Just weekend at Bernie's her th- through the next two years if you have to, people. I would never have guessed that I would be in favor of her continuing to hold her seat for the next two years. Well, me either. But here we are, you guys. I mean, how many rage Politics emails and wild. calls have I shot in her direction in the she last be a worse couple senator. years? <laughs> she couldn't be a worse well, senator. She could be worse if she was actively attempting to do anything. Right. The fact that she is not in a position to even try to do anything is, I guess, at least a little relief. Yeah. Is it great that the largest state in the union has really only like one and a half senators? <laughs> I know. It's not ideal. But no, it's not ideal. Um, but yeah, we're, now all of a sudden we're having to think about the fact that like maybe having Diane Feinstein just weekend at Bernie's her way through the next two years is the only way that we can ensure that we get any say it in who the happen. next senator is. So it has yeah, to happen. It has to happen. And I don't love that for us. I know. 
I don't love any. This is a real lose lose. Should we just like, should we call her office and be like, you're doing great, Diana? <laughs> we just start like keep a statewide the, campaign. Keep up the good work. Right. We have full We're faith that you're going to be able to continue to serve us well for these next two years. Yeah, maybe. I had often said, this is a. Maybe not great that I'm that this immediately made me think of a Trump thing, but um, I felt like the best way that Democrats could have influenced the Trump administration was to start rumors on the internet, and we didn't use that power effectively because we weren't organized enough. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I wanted us all to do was just to constantly tweet at him with, you know, if if it were me, I wouldn't want to be the president. It seemed <laughs> like you know, or like if if I were a real man or you know whatever like right. I would I would renounce the presidency. I wouldn't want to be the president. Who would want to be the president? Like I would I would have organized us to collectively oh, yeah. work together to right. spread the message that only idiots become the president. <laughs> and I feel like could we use at least could we at least protect ourselves with that method by all calling Diane Feinstein and just insincerely telling her that she's doing a great job. <laughs> I like it. Keep on doing nothing. We love it. We want everything to stay as it's always been. <laughs> then we have to worry she'll try to run again. I know. That's the only problem. Chuck Grassley her <laughs> way She already filed paperwork. I, I, I am hoping that that was just preemptive that her staff did that for her and that she, yeah. as a person who can't remember anything, doesn't remember it happening. Yeah. yeah. In any case, oh, boy. Um, the Georgia runoff is also coming up. You, it's happening, I think. It's, I think there was early voting yesterday. Yeah. There was a whole thing about, I think they were trying to, the Republicans were trying to stop early voting, right? Well, of course they like are. The they don't want people to vote in this election. If right, people vote, then they might yeah. lose. But they did. I'm pretty sure it happened. Yes, people, they, people, people voted in Georgia. People Early voting has started there. They have until the 6th, December yeah. 6th, yeah. to vote. Um, latest polling has Warnock ahead, as I clearly stated would be the case. <laughs> I because I just can't imagine a world, imagine, like, you're a Republican, right? But you're like a Brian Kemp Republican. Yeah. You're like, I'm a Republican because I've always been a Republican and I've, and that's my identity as a human. And I love that my governor stood up to Trump. Yep. And then you like have to go to the, and you're like, okay, I'll vote Republican down the line. Why not? I love right. Republicans. I have terrible ideas. I don't mind that. And then, you know, you voted for Herschel Walker because you did, because he was one of the, line, right. one of you, the Republicans on the line. Or you did because a lot of people chose not, chose not to. But imagine you're not even creative enough to think of that. You're just like, I'll just vote Republican down the line. I've held my nose and voted for some Democrats that I don't think are really Democrats. We do our best. Yeah. And then you're like, fine, I did it. I moved on with my life. And now you're being asked to vote again, but only for Herschel Walker. You are being asked to go specifically to the polls (laughs) against really the interests of everyone, including the Republicans you love so much. Like Brian Kemp is not telling you to go vote for Herschel Walker. So like... Imagine all the people you respect are just like weirdly silent. Right. And, and you're being asked. And, and since you last voted also, Donald Trump, who you in theory dislike as one of these types of Republicans, right. has now also announced that they're running for president. Exactly. Like imagine you're that guy in Georgia and you're being asked to take some time out of your day <laughs> to go to a special location just to vote for Herschel to Walker. support Herschel Walker. That's it. Right. Nothing, there's no other thing that's happening. <laughs> no. There's not a second guy in the ra- There's nothing else going on. <laughs> no. Like... You're not going to show up to do that. No, I agree. <laughs> That's, first of all, an errand you don't need to run. No one's forcing you to run that errand. You know? <laughs> no. It's not It's no. not like your baby's going to starve if you don't get out there and vote for no. Herschel Walker. Like, yeah. this is this is an errand that you only would be doing out of the goodness of your heart at this point. Yeah. And like, who's, what kind of goodness would be required in order to make this happen? This is just not, I no. just don't see this for people. I don't see it for people either. I see it for people who are idiots. 
Sure. But those people went to the polls and they voted did for Herschel Walker. They voted for him once. And they voted for Kemp because they held their nose to vote for him. I think you're right. But that's not enough Republicans. Not enough Republicans. You need all the Republicans. Yes. You can't just have some of them. Warnock's already a senator, so he's already won once. Right. So, like, I don't know, you guys. It just doesn't seem... And I could he be had more... And he had... And, and uh, Warnock had more votes in the, the general. Warnock was a and, point ahead. And, and there were, you know, there was some libertarian, I think, who got, like, two percentage point yeah. or two percent of the vote there's no way those two people are going to show up and vote for probably okay. they're probably not going to show up and vote for they're anybody if i had to guess show up. but they're not gonna uh, certainly not going to vote for um for yeah, Herschel walker. walker they voted for a libertarian who they knew had no chance of winning specifically <laughs> so that they would not have to vote for Herschel walker <laughs> that was like the only race in the in the state that had a two point yeah. libertarian candidate i mean yeah. that those were people that were protest voting <laughs> And so, in any case, I just, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem... I agree. It doesn't seem like much to me. I agree. Also, the story <laughs> drops about Herschel Walker continue. I know. And this is a drop that we had already known about, but it's from 2019, and no one was really caring about that, because at that point, he was just a former professional football player with potential CTE. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Wasn't dealing in politics at this point yet, but he gave some speech at, like joint based Lewis McCord somewhere like in Washington state for whatever reason, just as like a general famous person. Right. Right. And at the time he talked some real shit about his son and his ex-wife. And the reason that this is being reshared again right now is because of the recent shenanigans that have been going on between him and Christian, his son. Because if you'll remember, there was that video where Christian sort of like completely shit talked him, yep. talked about how stupid he was, talked about how he all the abortions that he right. forced women to have. And it was like a whole to do. So now this video is back out there where he is just completely just like... Well, I feel being like you, totally savage. To I was gonna say he's being sad. You wanted to say shit talking, but this isn't even like the like shit talking is not even the right word no. here because it's it's like silly insults. I know because he said he describes him as a smart kid, but then um he says he's bookwise extremely smart, but streetwise dumb as a brick. <laughs> so like that's maybe the one thing that shit talkery about it. But he also is going on about the shape of his head. <laughs> Said when I delivered him, he had this long old head. No, seriously, he looked like an alien. I told my wife, "Have your parents got some awful genes and stuff?" <laughs> some awful genes and stuff. And then he went on. He's going on about how he like saw some a newborn baby girl next to Christian and tried to like position them so that people wouldn't compare the two in the hospital because right. he didn't want people to the, know. The girl was so beautiful, but That's... his son looked like an alien. Yeah. He said, "Whoa, X Files." He was like an alien. <laughs> But then also, there's another video clip where he says he, he rounded Christian's head every day. Um, that it made him look more like Walker's family, but also made him smart. <laughs> Listen. I, Christian Walker is a good-looking guy. A lunatic. Very good-looking guy. Yeah, he's handsome. Very handsome. Has a perfectly normally shaped head. And so maybe Herschel Walker can be thanked for... How do you round a child's head? I don't know. What's he talking about? I don't here? know. What what is he actually talking about? What what could that mean? I don't know. It got me thinking too hard. <laughs> it did. And I know I that know. Herschel Walker is not a hard thinker, so I don't think it was something he didn't come up with some something ingenious. No. Also, how would that how would that make somebody smart? <laughs> is it was he stimulating the brain or something like that? Maybe? Yeah. Is that what he thinks? He was doing brain stimulation and head rounding exercises <laughs> on Christian Walker. It's just such a weird story. <laughs> 
And such a weird thing to say about your child. I know. But all he says is weird things. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Um, He's a man... Well, he's weird-headed. Yeah. Because he... Well, because he has brain damage. (laughs) He has brain damage. That's what I know. Oh, boy. That Fox News interview with Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham this week where they had to pretend like he was a great and wonderful candidate for the United States Senate. You guys, Lindsey Graham Nodding in agreement as he's talked about the upcoming erection. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsey Graham has never acted harder in his life. And he is somebody who... Who's probably dreamt of doing community theater. I mean... Truly. <laughs> he's somebody who's in it only for the drama. He's literally, he's, he doesn't have any moral, like any uh, political principles at all. He no. is like following the drama wherever it takes him. Right. And where it took him was to an interview as he sat as- beside Herschel Walker so that he could look forward to the upcoming erection in Georgia. <laughs> oh, guys. Here's the thing. If you live in Georgia, obviously vote for Warnock. If you don't live in Georgia, though... Let's have a private meeting where we exclude the people of Georgia to talk about how we can all get off Warnock's list. Because you guys, I have never gotten, I went, I had, I have unsubscribed from every single text, email, whatever that I've gotten from the Warnock campaign. Because like, it's my choice whether I want to donate to Raphael Warnock. I don't have to do it just because the DNC wants me to. I have not successfully gotten to the bottom of the lists. I, no. he, every list has been converted to his list. And oh, yeah. the fallacy of the stop to quit law is that if you are on multiple lists that are all hawking for the same candidate, you can only get off the list that you're on. You can't get off the other lists. So if you unsubscribe from some nonsense DNC list that is doing Warnock campaign outreach, but you are on the equivalent of whatever Julia Brownlee's list is that got yeah. sold to the Warnock campaign, yeah. you only get off That's that DNC list. list. Yeah, it's exactly. a separate list. That's You'll never thing. get to the bottom yeah. of the Warnock list. No. We're going to be on those lists for the rest of our lives. Yeah. You want to know what I also realized recently? And this is just like him. And I have tried it on both my computers and phone and because I thought maybe that it was just some sort of fluke or something. And it has happened both times that I have received emails from them. Uh, when you try and click unsubscribe from the emails that are coming on behalf of Raphael Warnock from Win the Era, mm-hmm. which is Pete Buttigieg's, the website's down. No. You can't unsubscribe. He's you the law. literally can't unsubscribe. We have a cabinet member breaking the law, you guys. Yeah. 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 We got to call somebody. Yeah. You, call. Can't, you can't get off of it. Like, actually can't get this off of like it. This is like an appropriate use of law enforcement, oh. I would contend. I'm going to try and do it right now. Good. You do it on the air. Do it live. <laughs> See if I can find it. Um, also, Pete Buttigieg, no one wants to be on your list either. Uh, hello? Like, there is not one yeah. moment of my life where I'm trying to be on a Pete Buttigieg email list for any I candidate. I know. In any case, I was wondering if just like we, as a non-Georgian people, could have like a team meeting about this. I know. Because... Yeah, we need to. The election is over. I was ready to go back to getting emails that were just from the gap like usual. Yeah. And like, I've tried to unsubscribe from that as well. That also doesn't work, but we do our best. Right. And like, instead, I am getting like, and it's like, remember when Nancy Pelosi was experiencing the final nail in the coffin, like over the course of several (laughs) Uh days, like (laughs) multiple times, like she was having a weird conniption fit. I'm having, it's like Raphael Warnick is having like Nancy Pelosi conniption fit era style problems. Yep. Oh, I found one. Did you do it? Hold on. Do we have it? There you go. We did it. The site can't be reached. Site can't be reached. Pete Buttigieg, you have a lot to explain to us, sir. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Typical. Typical Pete Buttigieg. 
All right. In other news, speaking of people who are probably probably trying to run for president, uh, one of those people is no longer Gavin Newsom, our governor. I have. I don't. I have thoughts about this. <laughs> Obviously, that's why we're doing a podcast. Right. That's why we have a podcast. Uh, I don't know. It makes me a little angry at him, not because I think that he's like going to be like the great savior to bail us out of whatever 2020 debacle we end up in probably because biden will decide that he wants to run and by then we'll be even more senile and you know unfunctional than he is right now uh but like it's just you know part of the reason why i think gavin newsom has been like have people have liked him as an option is because and we've talked about this on the podcast is that he really sort of like seems to understand like the world in which we live right now yeah. and like what is needed in terms of like going after Republicans and pushing back against like, he seems like prepared for battle. Right. Right. And so like him then saying, Oh, I'm not going to run against Joe Biden. If he's running makes me feel like he's not actually ready because like, no. I've got to believe that part of the reason why he feels like he's needing to do what he does and say what he has been saying and going after Ron DeSantis and going literally putting up commercials for California, like in Florida primetime and like some of this shit that he's doing yeah. is because he feels that Joe Biden has not been sufficiently doing that himself. Yeah. Right. So like if you're a person who thinks that, like if that's what's in your brain, that you don't think Joe Biden is responding to this moment appropriately, then your response should not be to be constantly calling up the White House and assuring them that you're not running for president. Well, let the White House be worried that you might fucking run for president. I was going to say... And then also, run for president. There is no person who is being asked right now if they are running for president who is not on some level running for president. <laughs> sure. Like, Gavin Newsom has been running for president. Right, it was gonna, that's the reason why he's been, besides the fact that he doesn't think Joe Biden is doing some of these things sufficiently in terms of, like, pushing back, right. the reason that he's been doing it is, is self-promotion, yeah. obviously, which he's in good at. So, the same I mean, way that Tom Steyer was not a man who was saying he was running for president, but he was a man who was running ads with his face all over <laughs> California, right. and then suddenly he was running for president. Once you're running for yourself... You're running for president yeah. at this stage. Like that that is what you're doing as and if that's gonna be the thing that you do, use it as an opportunity to challenge the leadership that you think has been ineffectual. That, that's exactly that's my main issue with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are running for president, Gavin Newsom, even if you don't call it that currently, yeah. because part of running for president is pretending you're not running for president until you announce you're running for president. Yeah. All these fools have been running for president since the dawn of time, <laughs> and they're all going to pretend they're not running for president until such time that they feel that they can control the announcement enough yeah. to make it part of their presidential campaign or an effective part of their presidential campaign. Yeah. But that doesn't mean they haven't been running for president. Pete Buttigieg right. has been running for president since he was like 17 years old. Right, of course. There was a time where he announced he was running for president, but he was running before that. <laughs> he was. And he's still running, sadly. Sadly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but I mean, like, if that's the thing that you're going to do, then be the guy who does it. But yeah. this is a classic Gavin Newsom problem because he has no follow-through. Well, he's 100%. He's a lazy asshole who has right. no follow-through. Right. The reason that I feel like he has been sort of like one of the only people who has like seemed palatable as an option right now is just because I think that he understands the messaging of it right. all. But he doesn't, you know, he's a person who, you know, promised single payer and then literally like sought to underhandedly ensure that it, you know, never made it yeah. out of committee in the house. And I mean, like, this is a person who is like not afraid to like, you know, certainly go against some of the things that he has done, but also go against, you know, like, I think like actually making any sort of like big 
changes yeah. or or moves. I mean, he's he still is as mainstream as as anyone is yes. essentially, right? But like he at least I think to me is sort of like understands like what is called for right now, I think. Um, Yeah, which in a world in which no one is being effectual, what's (laughs) called for is better messaging. (laughs) Exactly. But I mean, he's also famously a kind of lazy candidate and lazy politician. And so he is somebody who, no one elected him to be the governor of California because they were like, he's going to get out there and take big swings. He's not a man who takes swings. He gets out there and talks about how he's Gavin Newsom and that is what his <laughs> position is on most issues. So, <laughs> so like I am like well aware that we have yeah. like a, a lazy governor who likes to he's it's very LA. It's very like glitz with no, you know, content. Yeah. Like it's very it's very sort of like a Hollywood PR version of a mm. candidate. And that's fine. Listen, that's kind of who we are as a people. And totally. I'm not here to pretend but Donald Trump that, was just the president. Right. What I'm I'm not here to pretend that we have some sort of substantial quality to us here here in LA or here in America. Um, But it does kind of make you feel like if if your whole plan is just to message, then go forth and message. Yeah. Anyway, if someone tells you they're not running for president, if you hear that, if you hear someone deny they're running for president at this point in the electoral cycle, keep an eye on them. That person is running for president. (laughs) Exactly. Some of those people come, you know, you'll hear a lot of people at this time where other people are saying that they're running for president and some of those people will like end up announcing and some won't. All of them are currently running for president though. Yeah. Just because some of them won't make it out of the cycle or into the cycle yeah. doesn't mean they're not currently running for president. Yeah. So just know that to yourself. One person who seems like they are running for president, well, Donald Trump definitely is. And another person is Kanye West. I mean... Because he went down to Mar-a-Lago with Nick Fuentes, known white supremacist. God. Uh, <laughs> And had dinner with Donald Trump and asked Donald Trump to be his vice presidential candidate. I feel like these guys are currently engaged in like some sort of just like alternative performance art that I'm not necessarily privy to the inner workings of. And that this has all just been performance art. And I feel like Donald Trump was originally just performance art. And it's like we let him fly too close to the sun a little bit. (laughs) Or we flew too close to the sun a little bit. Somebody flew too close to the sun. And everything fell apart. Yeah. But I feel like right now, like where Donald Trump belongs is at a dinner where Kanye West is asking him in a performance arty manner with a famous white supremacist if he will be his running mate for president. Yeah. A, a former U.S. president. Yeah. Like that's the realm of seriousness yeah, that no, Donald like Trump it. actually belongs in. Yeah. And no, instead right. we like let him dine with heads of state. I, I know. We first heard about this from Kanye, who talked, who said this conversation about how he asked Trump to be a vice president. And he claims that Trump screamed at him. He also said that Trump was. <laughs> he also said that Trump was very impressed with um, Fuentes, according to he. And yeah, also, well, he's a white. He would right. be. And other sources told the New York Times and Axios, Axios that Trump even praised Fuentes at the dinner. He gets me, the former president. He would said, because he's famously a horrific white supremacist who helped plan the January right. 6th attacks. But there was immediate fallout for which Trump initially sought to just sort of like make it seem like they just all had a cool, casual dinner as opposed to, like, pushing back much, right? Like, because everybody was immediately like, what is the former president slash current presidential candidate leader of the GOP doing dining with these people? So he on truce, took to True Social, and he said his first post was, Yee, I'm going to read the whole thing. Cause it's good. So good. Yeah, you got it. Yee, formerly known as Kanye West, was asking me for advice concerning some of his difficulties, in particular having to do with his business. We also discussed, to a lesser extent, politics, where I told him he should definitely not run for president. <laughs> Any voters you may have should vote for Trump. Anyway, we got along great. He expressed he expressed no anti-Semitism. Perfect. 
and I appreciated all of the nice things he said about me on Tucker Carlson. Why wouldn't I agree to meet? Also, I didn't know <laughs> Nick Fuentes. <laughs> he... You've heard the name Nick Fuentes, people, because he's a name that you that gets tossed around quite a bit when we talk about the January 6th players. Yeah. You've heard his name because of the January 6th committee hearings. Yeah. That's where, that's where you've heard that name before. Yeah. Um, so there continued to be pushback and some, some fallout from this. And so Trump, a few days later, took to truth and just went directly after Kanye West on Twitter. <laughs> or ye, I'm sorry. Uh we could call him what my mother has called him by accident in the past. What's that? Which is Conway East. <laughs> she once told me she had a story about Conway East. <laughs> it took me so long to figure out who she was talking about. And she was talking about Kanye West. That's hilarious. So his post a couple days later, after there was like continued fallout of this, he said, So I help a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black. <laughs> Ye, Kanye West who has been decimated in his business and virtually everything else, and has always been good to me by allowing his request for a meeting at Mar-a-Lago. Wait, alone. Your, oh, alone, so that I can give him very much needed advice. He shows up with three people, two of which I didn't know. The other, a political person who I haven't seen in, three, in years. Uh, I told him, don't run for office, a total waste of time, can't win, fake news went crazy. So he basically implies that he has mental problems, which... He does. He, does, he has right. talked about. So, like, maybe that's also not a nice thing to say about right. somebody, even though it is Kanye West. And I feel like we can say whatever we want about Kanye West. But um, also, who just happens to be black. I don't know. What, <laughs> was that in regard to something? I don't know. But I, I don't love know. He that, didn't express any anti-Semitism right. at the dinner, at I least. Know. So but the, the way that you know, there was a, a third post that, like, wasn't as ridiculous from, from True Social. And all three, there was one constant in all three of them. And it was some... Uh, nod to him not knowing who Nick Fuentes was. Yes. <laughs> Which is how we know that they go way back. I mean, we if we know who Nick Fuentes is, and Nick Fuentes is like a white supremacist leader, if you're famous enough as a white supremacist to be known to general society, then you most certainly have a long personal relationship <laughs> right. with Donald right. John Trump. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Um, and Nick Fuentes, by the way, I think he's like 24 or something. He's young. Probably. He's like a... Yeah, his brain's not fully formed. His brain's not fully formed. No, but no, we do know that he knows Nick Fuentes because Nick Fuentes spoke at the January 6th rally. And Nick Fuentes is one of the people who has been repeatedly named in hearings that we know Donald Trump has been watching because we know Donald Trump does cares about himself. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Donald Trump has watched every moment of the January 6th committee hearings. And yeah. Nick Fuentes has been mentioned at those hearings. Yeah. So that's how we know that Donald Trump knows Nick Fuentes. Yeah. But... um. I wonder who alerted him that he should not know Nick Fuentes. <laughs> Makes you wonder a little bit who, uh, who, uh, Also, I didn't know Nick Fuentes. Right. <laughs> who let him know that maybe knowing Nick Fuentes publicly is a bad idea. It's not a good look. And also is a thing he could have easily gotten away with if he wasn't running for president. Oh, I know. Too bad this dinner didn't happen two weeks ago. I know, yeah. Oh, man. This, this guy... But I do think there's something interesting about, I mean, listen, I don't know what's going to happen with all this. So, like, maybe this is not a part of the cycle to dismiss any of this stuff too much. But it does feel like Donald Trump is currently dealing with, like, the dregs of people as yeah. opposed to the real people. So it's not like, this is not a story about him meeting two heads of state. Yeah. This is a story about him meeting somebody who is having a public mental breakdown, yeah. has just 
repeatedly doubled down on blatant anti-Semitic, you know, uh, commentary or comments, and who brought a white supremacist who's known only for being a white supremacist supremacist, to dinner with Donald Trump. So, like, these are not three relevant people politically. They're relevant in the sort of pop culture sense. You know, they're relevant gossip-wise, but they're not politically relevant people. That, plus the way that the New York Post has been treating Donald Trump of late, makes me feel like he's kind of been relegated back to the sideshow area that he belongs in to some extent. And that, I think, is maybe not the worst thing. (laughs) I agree. Now, if he makes it out of the sideshow again, I don't know what we're going to do because he's gotten crazier over the last few years. I know. But, like, this is not a serious person's dinner that he just had (laughs) with Nick Frenis and Kanye West. No. Also, Uh, it has been really hilarious to watch major news sources have to switch to Ye as the Kanye West. I know. Like... Like what was like a fan nickname for Well, Kanye even West. Trump is saying in all of these um, tweets, well, not tweets, but whatever it's called true in true social, social. I don't know what it is. Okay. He, he always says ye and then parentheses, in parentheses Kanye, Kanye West, West because he, even he is just sort of like, do I have to I be doing I this? can't take this seriously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So that's, uh, that's, I think, a sign that maybe Donald Trump's star is waning, even though it sounds like he's hanging out with celebrities. But these are not the celebrities you want to hang out <laughs> no, with. No, they're not. Uh, let's talk about student loans. I know. We t- said that we were going to dive into that last week, but we just talked about ele- elections last week. So, yeah. um, and there's been updates since last week anyway. This okay. is actually one of the real news items that happened in really this last week. really the only week, real so. news item. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think the week before this week, yeah. uh, there was a court in Texas that's a U.S. Dis- district court with a Trump-appointed judge. Yeah. Um, who uh, vacated the debt relief program. And so we finally Googled what vacated means because <laughs> periodically we see that written and don't remember. Right. But, but I feel like a lot of people know that this happened but don't really necessarily know right. why don't know or what, what it happened means. with exactly. it. Right. Exactly. And I think maybe we mentioned that there had been some legal issues with the program, but we're yeah. going to sort of tell you what they actually are. So basically this court in Texas was like, this is not a thing, start over. Um, yeah. And the federal government appealed. And so that's where we sort of are in the process. But there's also... Um, the, the program was already on hold because there's other court cases. A few states have s- challenged it. Like, it's been kind of a mess in the courts. Um, but basically, what this judge in this Texas U.S. District Court did was reject the argument that, um, that the HEROES Act had given Biden the power to erase student loan debt. Yeah. And so, it basically, he rejected the idea that Biden had the power to do this because we're in a national emergency. Right. Um, and... You guys, the framing of how they rejected this is why the GOP is constantly beating us in messaging over and over <laughs> and over again, because they basically framed it as like a violation of our freedoms to cancel so student loan debt. They said, in this country, we are ruled by an, we are not ruled by an all-powerful executive with a pen and a phone. Instead, we are ruled by a constitution that provides three distinct and independent branches of government. Basically, the judge was like, tyranny from the executive branch <laughs> want, and you know is causing this and therefore we can't cancel student loan debt because of tyranny i know and you want to know what's crazy too because i don't know if we pulled the information but i uh, the, the the plaintiffs in yeah. this i think one of them is challenging on the fact that they don't qualify because it doesn't apply to people who have privately held student loans and right. that was one of the last changes that biden made to the plan thinking that that would help get it through the courts yeah because he, I think the estimation was that like people were not going to want the president telling, you know, private companies that they have to like right. give up these. So like that was a thing that like happened at the end. But they're claiming that like because that's how their student loan is held, they don't qualify. So it's not fair. 
Tyranny. <laughs> right. And then I think the other person is claiming that they want more student loan debt because they only qualify for the $10,000 and they want, like, feel like they should qualify for the $20,000. I mean, <laughs> they found people with, because I the think- weirdest I, loophole With the stories. weirdest standing yeah. that they could because I, I think that that was always what Republicans felt like they were going to have trouble figuring out who had standing to right. say that they are like- being harmed by this, essentially, right. right? So they went about it in the w- wildest of ways. And then also, like, so the, the way that they m- messaged the whole thing around freedom. It's, the whole thing is weird. It's weird and also makes you feel like maybe the simpler choice would have just been to just, like, cancel. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you can go back and you can look Without through... justification at all. Right. Or w- using the justification of the uh, the Higher Education Act right. from like 1965 or whatever. A lot of people, uh, you can go back and look either on Twitter or in podcasts or whatever. A lot of the far reaches of the left internet sphere, as soon as Biden announced this, his program, basing it off of this COVID relief bill, essentially, right. people were immediately worried yeah. that like that was going to be legally flimsy. And I well, went also back makes it sound like it can only happen in an extraordinary time. Well, that's and it's the not thing. The, cri- the, the debt crisis is a crisis of its own. It's not that it only we only need student debt relief because of COVID. Well, that's what I was going to say. I went back. I mean, this was the thing that everybody was talking about during, during the 2020 uh, Democratic primary. I went and actually just looked at Elizabeth Warren's website, which is still live, you know, and looked at her plan. And it was just to use the HEA, the Higher Education yeah. Act, to cancel it. Uh, Elizabeth Warren didn't know we were going to, unless she did know we were going to have a global pandemic. If she's a like a clairvoyant, I don't know. But right. like people were having plans to cancel student loan debt in, in its entirety before we had a pandemic and a HEROES Act to like use yeah. as your legal argument to be able to cancel it. So there were, I, I feel like you're absolutely right. It, it just should have, it just should have been canceled. Yeah. Or if you were only going to do the 10000 and the $20,000, they know who qualifies for that? Right. It's the same way that everybody just got automatically sent a check right. Don't make for, to, get, apply. to get your $2,000. You didn't have to apply to do that, right? Yeah. They made this whole thing where you had to go through an application process. There was a long waiting period. Right. If they just would have literally looked at people's student loan debts and like cut out the $20,000 or the $10,000 or more, which is what they should have done in the first place, and just done it, I guarantee we would not be in this, in this court kerfuffle that we're in right now. Yeah. No, the whole thing was designed to make room for a court kerfuffle because that 100%. prevented anything from well, actually happening. Well, and that's happening. what a lot of, and you know, I think people, you start saying that, you know, Biden wanted this to fail. You start sounding a little bit like a conspiracy theorist. But when you have enough proof that it seems right. like that is maybe what happened, it feels less conspiracy Yeah. I mean, this feels very designed to fail. Well, I mean, and it was never a priority for them in the first place. Well, we know he that didn't want to do it. He didn't want to we do it. We know he didn't want right. to do it. Right. We already know that this was not something he wanted to do. So the idea that an administration... He would love to be able to be like, well, the courts. Right. That's The idea that an administration that didn't want to do this in the first place didn't come up with the uh, most foolproof plan for doing it right. is not a huge shock. <laughs> no, it is not. To anyone. No. Um, so the debt is now on pause again. A thing that I'm advocating right now is just to leave the debt paused forever. Sure. You know what's never going to go away? Coronavirus. So it's fine. I know. Just use the Heroes I mean, Act for a that. A different instead. president could then just restart it, which is the problem. Right. But that's yes. the problem. But I mean, but like, as long as he's there, he, we could just not be paying. We could it. just not be. But so they, they're now on their eighth extension. <laughs> yeah. But the one thing that's different about this extension is that previously the education department would provide a date when the payments were going to restart. Um, 
This time, they left things more open-ended and basically said that the payments would only restart 60 days after the litigation about their loan forgiveness program is over. Because and the I intention... think they extended them to a certain point also, too. Like, not before a certain point, right? Yes, Didn't yeah. I think or something? Like, there's, um, not before July or not before June Yeah, there's like or... a minimum date. Yeah, it's not, but yeah. it's not going to be... The courts are not going to handle gonna it before it. then. No. But basically, it was designed because the whole idea was when the payments were going to restart in January, they were supposed to already have had most of the applications in for the forgiveness. Yeah. And so they wanted to make sure that people like knew that they were getting loan forgiveness before they restarted their payments. And because A, the application system already was taking much longer than they expected it to and was more chaotic than they expected it to because means testing programs is always more complicated than you think yep. it's going to be. Um, and B, the court cases made it so that you know, they didn't want to restart payments at a time where people didn't know what their balances were going to be, essentially, because that's right, right, right. relevant. So um, so that's why they structured it this way. But like, A, leave it on pause forever. Sure. B. Or just cancel it. We've been out here cancel canceling it. student loans. Yeah. Also, I mean, there's C, a million There's a million programs to cancel student loans. And granted, I understand that like Congress has put most of those in place. But like, we're out here doing it. It's easy to do. <laughs> it's... Especially if they're public loans. I was going to say, they're 90... Just forgive well, all of them. More than 90%. I'm making numbers up. But I mean, right. like, they're they're mostly government held. Yeah. Right? So just forgive them all. It feels like we're creating problems for ourselves well, we that we it, it also makes It also makes that vote that they, we talked about last week on the podcast yeah. to get rid of the COVID emergency. It Much seem, more sinister. Even, seems more nefarious yeah. is what it seems like well, because those Democrats who voted for this were probably, I'm looking at thinking of specifically Catherine Cortez Masto. She was very out loud talking about how she did not agree with the student loan yeah. situation. So it makes me wonder if her, her COVID vote had anything to, was intended to uh, eliminate the, the legal uh, state grounds yeah. for that court case for student loan debt. But that's why it was always flimsy to use COVID as the reason that we needed to cancel student totally. loans in the first place. Because that emergency is ephemeral. We can, <laughs> right. It can come and go as we decide to make it come and go. Yeah. You know, these are all human-made definitions of what is and is yeah. not pandemic and endemic and whatever. It's, and yeah. ending the emergency yeah. would have a lot of ripple effects that have on things that weren't things that were caused by the pandemic, were just things we realized were problems once we all kind of like well, that's the thing. doing everything. If you need an emergency to be able to enact the AGA. Right. Then the emergency is how much everyone's student loans are. Exactly. We already were <laughs> in an emergency. I think that's really where Biden misunderstood the sort of issue from the beginning. Right. Is the reason that people were asking for this was not just because the kids are whiny these days. Right. It's because we were in an emergency. Yeah. The student debt crisis is an emergency. People yeah. have amounts of debt that are not sustainable and have them for their entire lives. Right. That's an actual emergency on its own. Right. So like, it's not that... COVID created, you know, a, a special kind of emergency because people lost their jobs or whatever it is. The, the emergency was already happening. Was right. And he, because he wasn't, it wasn't a visible emergency to him because he was like, well, in my day, you know, he was one of those yeah. in my day people. And so he didn't really understand that things were much more dire than they had been in his day. Yeah. He already kind of portrayed, or, or articulated that he didn't understand that uh, on the trail. So yeah. that, that, I think that's why his uh, administration went for this as a justification in the first place is because I think they were casting around looking for a reason why right now should be different. Yeah. It's like right now is different because the loan, the debts are different. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> that's There's right. a lot of people owe a lot of money. That's, a, that's different. But like they couldn't seem to like get on board with that reasoning. And that's yeah. the re Even Chuck Schumer was on board with that reasoning. So like 
that's how much people are on board. I know. Yeah. In any case, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this debacle. And one thing that's going to make it really hard for Democrats in 2024 is if everyone voted for them in 2022 because of the student loan thing, which you know delivered young votes for them, as we're seeing, and then it turns out that they no one even got any debt relief from it. <laughs> I know. It would be just like these Democrats to have this problem. It really would. Yeah. Um, another thing that drove young people to the polls, of course, was gun violence. And it's been like shooting city ever since Election oh Day. Oh, my God. You guys, people have just been shooting up everywhere in America. To I the know. extent that I, like, have lost the ability to, like, be individually invested in these stories. Because it's, it's actually it's too hard. hard. I know. I know. And, and also, you know... I, this should not be our responsibility as a society to have to take on this kind of you know, no. tragedy no. every, you know, no. every day, basically. No, it should not. And I just, I don't say this to be a smart ass, but like, didn't we pass a gun control bill? Yeah, but it and was I a don't, fake gun control well, bill. And, that, and that's what I'm getting at here. Like, I don't mean yeah. to say that like, oh, it should have solved it all. But I guess what I intended to say is like, at the time, people were like, are we doing enough here? Did we, we didn't ban assault rifles, right? right? Like every single one of these has been a freaking AR-15. Like, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, there's there's not one that hasn't been. So I, I, like, I, the only reason I say didn't we do gun control is because like, we didn't do gun we control. We didn't do gun, no. So if you're listening to people out there being like, oh, well, you know, I guess campaign season is over, so people aren't saying it quite as much. But we right. heard a lot of Democrats talking about like how great and wonderful the gun control bill was that they finally yeah. passed. And it's not. Like, I'm sorry. And I, I, and I understand that like, there's a lot more going on with some of these. Some of these are, some of these are hate crimes and some of the, like, they, but they were all... They're all AR-15 hate but they, crimes, But though. they were all AR-15 hate crimes. So, like, the idea that we're out having here... Having hate in your heart is not the right. same as having an AR-15 right. in your hand and hate So in the your heart. idea that we're out here, like, skirting around the edges of gun control is, like, not what we need to be doing. No. I also feel like... You bring up a good point in the notes, and I always want to bring up this point at this point in any campaign cycle. Oh, Yeah. A lame duck session is when you do everything. This is when you do all of those things. When you're about to lose power, that's when you cause the most mayhem you could possibly yeah. cause. So yeah. if you right now want to invest in calling your reps and being like, I am still watching you, yeah. this is the time. And especially reps that are leaving. No, yeah. A vote on the way out is how you really shake the system up. Yeah, totally. So if you have reps that are leaving, if you have, especially if you have a Republican senator who's vacating their seat because the Republican Party has gotten too crazy, mm-hmm. there have been some retirements of late. There were yep. a bunch of open seats in this cycle. Maybe um, call Rob Portman. Call Rob Portman. Exactly. Like get some of these people. This is a, this is a moment in someone's political career where they can be asked to make a courageous choice. Now listen, yeah. a lot of them don't make, they, right. you know, don't, 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 don't feel that that's necessarily a given, but I mean, like a lame duck session is a great time to pass an assault rifle ban. Yeah, this is the perfect moment. And you know what would be really great is if the Senate could find those two votes or whatever they're always looking for, <laughs> I know. because so many people are leaving. Yeah. In any yeah. case, call your representatives. Tell yeah. them to work on gun control in the lame duck session. Yeah. Tell them to work on everything. I feel like the way that the Republicans could really go out in style right now in the House is to do everything and then 
lose power for two years and be like, oh, we couldn't do anything because we didn't, weren't in power, but aren't the Republicans evil? <laughs> right. You should vote for us. But be able to be like, remember when we were when in we power? And name six things that they all did in the last month of their session. <laughs> right, exactly. That make it sound like they were working for us the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's... A lame duck session is a, an opportunity. It really is. So let's not waste it. No, agreed. Um, in any case, that's the news. That's it. How is Twitter still up? I don't way? know, but thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I've joined like a hundred new uh, services now. Like I, I joined Post and I joined Mastodon. Post? I don't know how any of them work. What's Post? Post is the next one we're all joining. Uh. <laughs> I drew the line at Hive because I don't know what Hive is. I don't either. I don't like the... It makes me think of um, Kamala Harris also. <laughs> oh, yeah. The gay Hive. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to join that one. No. That's, I, that, one I, that one I've drawn the line at. But yeah, I... Um, I need us to settle on one of them. I'm worried that Twitter will stay up, but will slowly morph right. into like paid subscriptions and softcore porn. Yeah, totally. And I don't want, and I already am noticing. Or hardcore that, porn. Or hardcore <laughs> porn. Well, I'm already noticing that like my feed seems to just be like more blue check marks that are not people I'm following than it used to be. Yeah. And like I do want to be able to follow the people I elected to follow on Twitter. Sure. And I want them to be able to see my posts yeah. as well. So like, I think there is a world in which we are going to have to like, just not be as invested in Twitter. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, But I would like us all to settle on what, where we're going. I know. Let's all make a decision. Yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> because let me tell you, it can't be Mastodon. I'm, tr- I'm struggling so hard with Mastodon. No, it has to be somewhere where you can just as easily doom scroll. Yes. That's the whole reason we're all on Twitter. Hello. So we're doing there. If you want to see people's, if you want to doom scroll vacation photos, you go onto Instagram. If you want to doom scroll the news, you go on Twitter. That's it. In any case, that's the news. We'll be back next week. You'll hear from us. Um, there'll be more news because it won't be a holiday week, and we'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.